And all right, grab a seat if you will. And uh, hey, I, I, I didn't hear a praise from you. I kept you from no seams, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and after I promised that I would protect you from no seams, I thought about what a daunting task that would be. I was like, wait a minute, only God during the plague sent the gnats, the sand fleas somewhere else. But anyways, I made sure I catch y'all, I kept y'all out away from them. So anyways, that was not me, that was God. So <laughs> hey, so uh, good morning. And uh, you guys awake? Everybody's good? Good morning? All right. Dude, you got a haircut, man. Yeah, it'll grow back. <laughs> no, it's all good. <laughs> somebody, not a bad haircut, but somebody at the barbershop one time said, a bad haircut lasts only a couple of weeks. <laughs> it was like, all right. Um, I don't usually take requests on what to preach. In fact, I never take requests. I mean, people send me requests on different things, and obviously I'd be praying about it because that's how God does speak uh, in a lot of ways, but we are usually preach through the Word of God, and we are in Romans and dude, to pry me away from the middle of Romans chapter 8, it's got to be the Holy Spirit of God. And the Holy Spirit of God did that. And I'm going to I'm gonna show you how that all kind of happened. Earlier in the week, I got an email from Bill Cooper. And uh, Bill, do you send that email out regularly based on the small group on Tuesday? Or <laughs> Okay, well, he would be a great secretary for your small group, man. He's hired? Yeah, because, man, I would love that prayer request that you guys take and uh, all of that. That's your gift, Bill. But here's the email that he sent me, all right? Um, I, I read it, and honestly, I looked at it and said, well, that ain't going to happen, man, And until about last night. But listen, so he said, Eddie, <coughs> he says, as you were aware, Ben Haynes led to, uh, Tuesday Bible study the past two weeks while Mac was gone to Fiji. It was Fiji, right? I just added that in there, all right? And um, he did a great job, all right? And uh, so he said his study led to a lot of discussion about prayer. I mentioned that once in a while, you have preached on the Lord's Prayer, breaking it down into several parts. If you come on a point in your sermon in, on Romans where you feel inclined to take a rabbit hole, I might suggest... <laughs> <coughs> <laughs> so, in other words, God takes me and drops, kicks me down a rabbit hole. Uh, he says, but if you find yourself in that position, I might suggest that there are a number of people that would benefit from that lesson. I might also mention that several of them will begin returning home in the last half of March. <laughs> so I got a time limit. <laughs> but, uh, just the thought, uh, ben, or might, uh, ben or Mac might have some insight to Highest regards and thanks, Bill Cooper. So anyways, I read that and it was like, wow, I would love for, you know, maybe that to happen. But uh, <coughs> as I said, we're right, in, <coughs> sorry, we're right in the middle of Romans chapter eight. And uh, so I've been studying all week, going through everything all week again. I've been studying for a long time, but I put things together during the week. Last night on Saturday night is when I take all my notes that I've got put them all together, say, what do you want to do with these, God? Because you can't do it all. And you're like, well, you sure do say a lot for trying to consolidate. But anyways, imagine if I didn't consolidate what would happen. But I'm there, and God's like, he brings up this email, and he said, I want you to preach on prayer. And I'm like, okay, what do you want me to preach? And he just started with Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 5. And the title is this, man, pray like this. This is how he wants us to pray. He gives us an outline to prayer. Uh, the, first few, the first part of all of this 
Uh, it's just really some things where he's kind of blasting the Pharisees. The religious system, when Jesus got there, Jesus, God had been silent for 400 years. They did have scripture, but man, they had so butchered everything about, about um, you know, Judaism, about God. And, and prayer got to be one of the things they showed. Jesus kind of in the Sermon on the Mount is telling them these things. Hey, don't pray like this. Pray like this. And, and then his disciples, even in Luke, say, well, look, man, you get results when you pray. We don't see that from the Pharisees. You get results, right, JD? Uh, JT? See, so you've been gone. I gave you a new middle name, man. JD. JT. But man, it's like they said, you get results. How do, you, how do we pray? And he says, pray like this. And we have what we call the Lord's Prayer. Um, it's really the disciples' prayer. And in that, in each part of it, he doesn't say to do it in vain repetition. In fact, we're going to be told not to do it that way. But we're supposed to take each little part of it and we use it as an outline as to how to pray. This is not something new. It's what he taught the disciples. But the uh, pilgrims back in the day, man, dedicating their life to prayer, they used to call it praying the rounds. They would pray the rounds. So you would start in the prayer. And um, based on your background, it's a little different. Help me out. Our Father. Okay. Keep coming. Okay, and we stop right there, all right? I know there's a doxology, but it ain't a script. But anyways, uh, well, we're, we're, that's the prayer. And in that, if you take it apart, every single thing you need in your Christian life to pray about, it is found in that. And that's what we're going to quickly kind of look at today. I could take every one of these little things and spend a whole day on it, <laughs> not a whole hour, but a whole day. And it's that rich because when you do pray through the Lord's prayer this way, you will find yourself just meditating on the fact that he's your father and he's our father and, and just thinking about that. And you could spend hours just thinking about that. But what I want to do is I want to give you a tool. Everybody knew the prayer. I was looking, I saw everybody's lips moving. And, um, and so y'all already know this. You don't have to even take notes. I'm, I am going to give them in the form of a P word so you can remember it's alliteration. It's back how we were taught to preach back in the day. And I don't do it very often anymore. But anyways, it will be there. But let's go ahead and start with Matthew 6, starting in verse 5. Look at this, if you would. <coughs> he, he says, and when you pray, he said, you must not be like the what? The hypocrites. Uh, this word hypocrite uh, comes from the acting, actors in, in, in Greece. Uh, what they would do is they would have a, a stage, and then behind the stage, they would have a number of masks. In fact, what is the uh, symbol for thespians? Not, yeah, thespians for, you know, uh, actors right now. It's usually two masks, right? One with a smile, one with a frown. And so they would have all these masks on the back. Might be a sad mask, might be a happy mask, might be an angry mask. And the actor... It was a man would come back and he would grab a mask and he would play that role. Then he would go back behind. He'd put that mask back, get another mask and play that role. And he'd play all the roles in the play. And that's where he would be the hypocrite. It wasn't a bad thing. It meant to be an actor. So when he says, don't pray like the actors, don't pray like the hypocrite. What he's saying is it's not a performance. When you pray publicly, he's not saying don't pray publicly. We have two beautiful public prayers in here, and there's nothing in Scripture that says not to pray publicly. In fact, there's a lot of public prayers going. That's not what he's saying here. In fact, I love it. Uh, I used to have some people say, man, that JJ, he just prays too long when we get started. How many of y'all agree with that? 
Go home. <laughs> Go. I can find you plenty of churches where they don't even pray. No, I know. You love JD. Yeah. Same thing. And, and, and Emily, again, it's not that other people can't do it, but this is what God's called us to do. And before I get to preach, I want nobody to pray except Emily. Sometimes while she's praying, I'm like, oh, God, please don't let me mess all this up. They already did. You know, and you're like, well, you do sometimes. But anyways, um, but, but it's nothing against public prayer. But what he's saying is when you do pray in public, make sure it's not a performance. It's not a show. And, and if you ever get asked to pray in public sometimes, it's a daunting thing. It's like, oh, and you start repeating all the things you heard some deacons pray for your whole life, you know, when they used to draw the straws of who's going to pray the offertory prayer in a regular church. Anybody remember that? Right? Oh, you got to pray today. Okay. Oh, and uh, we write things down. It's not a performance. So he says, when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. You're not putting on a performance. They love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. There it is. He's not saying don't have public prayer. It's not about you. You're, in fact, it's a hard thing to pray public because you're having an intimate conversation with the living God in front of a bunch of people. And, and you're not preaching. You're not doing, you're praying and you're leading a group of people into having an intimate relationship with God in that prayer. So it's not against public prayer, it's against public performance for prayer. And that's what the Pharisees would do is get up and use all, they would quote as much scripture and as much whatever and, you know, all the rules of the law. Oh, dear God, thank you for letting me walk 20 steps and catching me before I walked 21 and broke the viol- and violated the Sabbath. You know, they would, they would, it would, it would be a mockery. And Jesus is like, don't do that. But you can pray publicly. So I said, don't do that to be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, you know what? You already got your reward. And your reward was nothing more than saying, wow, did you hear what he said? What a reward. That's not much compared to the, just think of the reward of being able to speak to God Almighty. That's what we're doing. God Almighty. Hey, what has God Almighty done today? Anything for anybody? Help me out. Somebody raise your hand. What God, what's God Almighty done Yeah, he brought us together, man. He brought all the molecules together. Too. How many of y'all are glad atoms are not splitting right now? Anybody? <laughs> How many of y'all are glad we're not getting an amber alert? Giant planet getting ready to crash into planet Earth right now. It's like, uh, pastor, I gotta go. <laughs> you know, no, he's keeping it all together. <clears throat> he's got your heart beating. He's got your lungs working. Got your blood pumping. He's got all these things happening. He's, he, he's God Almighty and we get to speak to him. What a privilege. We talked before uh, about the Old Testament, how the, the uh, high priest could go into the Holy of Holies once a year, and he'd be swinging incense representing the, 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 the prayers of the people. He'd have a bells on his garment, and he would have a rope around his ankle so that if God didn't accept the sacrifice when he went in, and we said, Terry, go get him. What did Terry say? No, <laughs> he got struck dead, man. We're pulling him out by the rope because he wasn't always accepted. But when Christ died, that 18-inch veil that separated the holy place from the holy of holies, when Christ died, it ripped from which direction to which direction, y'all? From the top to the bottom, God's God saying, because of what Christ just did, welcome. And now we're told in the New Testament, we could come boldly to the throne of God, Amen. So, man, 
He said, I don't want a reward of y'all saying, wow, that was great. I want to have access to God Almighty. And that's what he says, don't make it a performance. Next part, he says, but when you pray, go into your room, your closet, whatever. Shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. Now, is he telling us that the only proper place, to Kentucky Terry, is he telling us the only proper place is to go in a closet and pray? Yeah, you got a closet at your, at your condo? And you got it limited. There's nothing else in it. Nothing stored. All you do is pray in that closet, right? No. But but there's other places, right? Yeah. You don't have to have a closet. You don't. It, in fact, there's a. Never mind. <laughs> I'd say at most events they have these plastic ones. You know, if you really want to be. Never mind. Uh, but you don't. It's not saying you have to have a closet. He's saying you go in private. It's not with public prayer. It's not a performance. And I'm telling you that if you're ever going to pray in public, it's going to be an overflow of your private prayer. When can you be praying? How many of y'all pray when you drive? Anybody pray while you drive? You better. No wonder you got, man, half of y'all don't even pray when you drive. No wonder I got issues. I'm just saying. It's like, yeah, we pray. How many of y'all pray at the grocery store? How many of y'all, man, you don't see anybody to pray for? Go look up people of Walmart and then start looking for them, all right? Come to Fort Pierce Walmart. You'll see me in there, all right? And I'm just, but I'm just saying, we pray all the time. Our life is a life. If you have access to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the King of Glory, when do you want to talk to Him? All the time. What can you talk to Him about? Anything. Is there anything where God says, well, that's pretty stupid. Don't ask me that one again. Does He? What if you asked Him, which shoes should I wear today? Is he okay with that? Now, can you make that choice on your own? You can. But you know, wouldn't it be cool if God would have said, yeah, Fernanda, I want you and, and Jules to switch shoes. She has a Chuck Taylor, you have a Chuck Taylor, and you have a mo- desert boot moccasin. And I saw y'all walk in with two different shoes, and you're like, why do you have two different shoes on? You said, that's what God told us today. Wouldn't that be awesome? Obviously, he didn't, and obviously, you were heathens and didn't pray about your shoes. But, no, <laughs> I'm messing with you, but literally, can we not talk to him about anything? What a great man. He's God Almighty. So he says, when you do pray, go into your room and shut the door. Pray to your father who's in secret. You can pray all the time and in secret. If you're driving, note to self, don't close your eyes. I'm just saying. (laughs) Even at a red light, because then you fall asleep, dude. And I don't know, have you ever had that where your foot just comes off the brake while you're sleeping at the red light? None of y'all had that happen? Yeah, I was sleeping peacefully, but my passengers were screaming. I don't know. <laughs> they, they just didn't find me. But listen, to your father who sees it in secret will reward you. Man, as we're going, God's con- isn't that what he wants us to have is constant fellowship with him. We're speaking with him. We're talking with him. We're having fellowship with him. We're, and, and so in the Lord's Prayer, he tells us how to do that. One more thing in here that he kind of says, don't do, 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 do this, don't do this. And he said, when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases, okay? And, and I like how the King James puts it. It says, vain repetitions. In other words, it's like, Ashley, 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 Ashley. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Ashley, thank you. It'd be, she's like, what? Thank you for what? You know what would be better than that? I, I, I said, Ashley, oh, thank you 
for having grandkids, for making me have grandkids. Yeah, not you having grandkids yet. But they, they, thank you for Mary and JJ. Thank you for, thank you for the beautiful song. Thank you for, if you're, in other words, he doesn't want your vain repetitions. He wants you, thank you, okay? There's nothing wrong with thanking him, but thank him for stuff. Thank him for what's going on. Thank him for situations. Thank him. Be more, he wants to have a conversation. There's no special privilege with vain repetitions like chants and things along those lines, all right? If you feel led to do that, go for it. But I'm just saying, that's what he's talking about because he, what they were doing is they would, because they didn't have any new scripture, they haven't had any revelation from God, they were looking to the pagan religions. You know what the pagan religions did? They babbled. They babbled to their gods. They didn't have, in fact, Christianity is the only, relation, only relationship between a God and people where you can actually have a God that loves you and cares about you. You know, in all the other religions, gods don't care about you. They don't love you. They're ones you better worship or else. And so they babbled a lot. They did. They said, don't be like that. He says, your heavenly father wants to have a conversation with you. Amen? A conversation. So he says, don't be like them. Your father already knows what you need before you ask him. But he wants you to ask him. He wants you. Maybe the need is there because he wants you to have some conversation with him. Maybe you've been neglecting your relationship with him. Maybe you've been trying to get it all on your own, do it all yourself, all in your own energy, and you fall short often. Man, when I have reached the end of my rope, man, I know I've got to come to God Almighty and figure out what he wants. He's the one who's allowed that. And often it's so I'll reestablish my dependence and my relationship. Often he allows things in my life to draw me closer to him. Do not be like them. Your father knows what you need before you even ask. So he says, pray like this. Look, I got that from verse 9. You see that? It's in scripture. Pray like this. He doesn't say pray this. He says pray. And in the Greek, that's where it is. Pray then like this. So it's an outline. It's a... It's a way to pray. It's a format to pray. And again, this is not new. Uh, Elmer Towns, by the way, if anybody knows who Elmer Towns is, or you want to Google it up, totally reliable dude. He's the one who invented Sunday school, I think. Well, him and Chris Wall, but uh, he used to do a lot with it. But he has a book about praying the rounds, praying through the Lord's Prayer. What a beautiful book. But you can look at it, and you don't even have to use the outline I'm going to give you, the P words I'm going to give you. You come up with your own. But what you do is you take each piece, and you start praying. Now, you can pray through each piece, and it might take you all day. Can you imagine? All day. Now, I'm not saying you don't do other things, but I'm just saying when it comes to mind, you start praying, and you pray for each piece, because sometimes he may have you camp out on a particular piece. If he has you camp out on a particular piece for us, why is he having you camp out on a particular piece? God, because you need it. <laughs> yes, if he has you camp out on a particular piece, it's because you need it. You need to be camped there. All right, so check this out. Pray then like this, all right? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. All right, our Father, the very first thing. And I want to give you a P word. It's called our position. Our position. I can say our Father. And since R is plural, that means some of you can say it too. So who else can say, raise your hand if you can say our Father. Yeah, you're my brother and sister. So number one, when I see R, I'm not in this alone. You know what Satan would love to do in any situation is isolate you. Any of y'all ever feel isolated? 
You feel like you're all alone. You feel like you're the only one. It's, it's just me. It's just the, and you know what? Our father, the very first thing that comes to mind is R. And I'm like, who's the R? And I can think of Russ and Rena. I can think of the Sturtle. I can think of Bob and Ann. I can, dude, you have no idea how many times I see y'all's faces in my head during a week. And it does make me smile. <laughs> Not laugh, but smile. I'm just saying. Yeah. Man, I love meeting new people because our Father, I'm not in this alone. And I know that there's so many of you that I can throw a prayer request to. I can chunk it out there and y'all, and y'all will jump on praying for it. And, and it's comforting to know that I'm not in this alone. So the P stands for my what? What's the P word? Position. R, that's my, but the more important than the I got y'all, we got God. That's our position. We can come boldly to the throne of God because we have Christ. Let me ask you a question. Again, we've talked about it in Romans, and if you don't get this right, I know I've done a terrible job of preaching Romans 3, 4, 5, and 6, all right? Can everybody in this world say our Father? No, because what we've learned is we learned that we come into this world as an enemy of God. We come in as an enemy. We come in born in Adam, and we are born sinners. And sinners have no choice except to do what? Sin, the way dogs have no choice but to bark. Cats have no choice but to meow. Dogs uh, bark, sinners sin. And he says, you know you're a sinner because you're going to die. That's what Romans 6 taught. 3, 4, 5, 6, all of it tells us we come in as Adam. We're in the family of Adam and we have inherited the nature to sin. We have inherited, we come in as sinners. We have no choice about how we come in. But we have a choice as to what family to stay in. And you don't have to stay in the family of Adam because in the Adam family, you're going to die and you're going to go to hell because you're a sinner. But Christ, we can get born again. And the way we get born again is we die to this life. I'm done. I don't want to live this life. I don't want to be the boss of my life anymore. I, I want what Christ has to offer. I want to be in Christ's family. And we die to our old life as being married to the law. And remember we talked about the law being a wife, the most nagging wife or spouse in the world. That wife could be a husband, all right? I'm just saying, the most nagging spouse, you're wrong. And guess what, Mac? Every time the law says you're wrong, you're what? You're wrong. You're wrong. And does the law help you ever do it what's right? No, it can't. It's like a big mirror that shows you you're messed up, but it ain't got nothing to fix you. You can't take the mirror and fix your hair, right? So you're messed up. And you're like, I want to die to this. I'm dead. I realize this is what Scripture says. So you die to that old life. Say, I'm done. I'm giving my life to Christ. And when you give your life to Christ, you are now in Christ. You are now dead to your old life. You are divorced from the law. And now you rise to live a new life in Christ. Amen? When you are in Christ, then that means that when he died on the cross, where were you? In Christ, you were right there. When he was buried, he was, you were right there. Even though we don't physically remember it, Scripture says spiritually that's where we are when we're in Christ. And then on the third day, what happened to Christ? He rose again. Where were you on the third day? In Christ, rising to live a new life with new power, with a new spouse. The church, we are the bride of what? Christ. Is there any doubt about that? If you're in Christ, you're the bride of Christ. So now you divorce the law who you were married to, because you died and the law was no more valid, no more, it wasn't valid anymore. You, you got out because of death, till death do us part. You got into a new marriage with Christ. And now you live in this new power with Him. 
What a beautiful picture because now, uh, hey, Matt, so he's not a nagging wife, but we're the bride. He's the groom. Does he tell us what's right and wrong? Does he correct us when we're wrong? Yes. So see, it's all Matt going. You say, yeah, he, he tells us you're wrong. And if he tells us we're wrong, then we're what? We're wrong. But the difference between him and the law is he says, you're wrong. But here, come here. Let me give you the power, the desire, the effort, the energy. Let me give you everything you need to do what's right. And so he enables us to do the right thing. What a better spouse. And then one day we know we have a home in heaven with him. So, man, you think about that. You know where I come up with all this stuff when I'm thinking about R? When I hear R, I'm thinking about y'all. Father, I'm thinking about what I have now as, as being the bride of Christ, as him being my father. It didn't come in, I didn't come into the world that way, did I? But I got born again, and now he's my father. In fact, what we learned even in Romans 8, sometimes, man, we're so frazzled. We are so spiraling down that all we can do is cry out, what? Abba, daddy, help! <laughs> and that's cool because it's, he's our father. Man, anybody ever like that? Anybody digging that? Our father. So you, the first thing I think, how, dude, how many of y'all could spend an afternoon thinking about all the things wrapped up in him being your father and our father? If you're thinking about the right thing, you can't be thinking about the wrong thing because I don't care how smart you are, none of y'all can think of two things at once. So man, our father. That's why he said, pray like this. You know, pray, pray, like, pray like this. Start out with our father. Katie, you ever felt all alone? Yeah, all alone. Not right now. Oh, you know. Yeah, you're not alone. Man, the, the, I'm just going to put you on the spot, but I am. But the, the ladies' Bible study, what's cool about that? Is it cool? You're not alone. Yes, thank you. See, she knows how to answer questions, Mac. You make me like work for it. I'm just, I'm just saying, no, you're not alone. That's what small group is about. Small group is about being together with other believers, man, where you're not alone and you find out. Because when you're alone, you start thinking you're weird, right? How many of y'all get alone and you look at yourself and think about it and you think, dude, I am just weird? You are, but guess what? You were in a family of weird people. You all are a bunch of weirdos, right? That's who we are in Christ. And when you find out it's not alone, it's like, wow, all right, cool. That's why Satan would so like to get us isolated. And it's not a good place to be. So if you use this prayer and just say, Our Father, you can't get past the first word without realizing you're not alone. Amen? And Father, what a... Man, a Father, He's my Father. Man, he, He loves me. He initiated the relationship. So you think about that position. So P, the, the our father, what P word are you thinking about? All three of you, come on, man. No, what P, what's the P word, y'all? Position. My position with him. All right, look at this. Where, where's he at in what? Oh, no, we're not even near there, JJ, man. You get, we're going to camp out. We may not even get past this today. We may be in Bill's email for the next three weeks. I don't know. But our father. But what's the next part say, y'all? In heaven. Okay, I had a father. Everybody's got a father, all right, just to make it clear. All right, and, uh, but 
I had a father. He, he died, what, 2006, I want to say. Greatest father I could ever have. So many things he taught me, and he could do anything for me, provide for me in so many ways. But did he, and he loved me, and he would sacrifice for me, and he would do anything for me, but were there things that he was not capable of doing? Oh my goodness. Were his resources limited? Were his, was his wisdom limited? Was his ability limited? Yes. And so as much as I put into him, man, there were things that he fell way short of because it wasn't his responsibility to provide. My Father in heaven, are his resources ever limited? No. Is his wisdom limited? No. This is the dude who knows everything, can do anything, and is everywhere. Dude, that is as unlimited as you can get. And that's my Father in heaven. So when I think of heaven, the fact it's not my Father on earth, not, not a Father-like figure on earth. He's my Father in heaven. I think of the P word is power. Everybody, what's the P word? Power. Yes. And it's His power. You know, you don't want to give me the power, dude. I'm going to blow something up. How many of y'all can relate to that? You get power. How many of y'all would just step over the bounds once you see the power and you're like, whoa, whoa, oh, wait, I didn't pull the trigger quick. I, I didn't stop quick enough. Terry, you're one of those guys like me, right? We just, yeah. God has the power. My Father has the power. The one who knows everything, the one who can do anything, and the one that's everywhere that knows everything that's going on, He has the power. Would you want anybody else to have the power? How many of you want our president to have the power? How many of you want Putin to have the power? <laughs> How many of you want Schwab to have the power? If you don't know who Schwab is, look him up, man. He thinks he's got all the power. But God's got all the power. That's my Father in heaven. So if I truly need... Kelly, you're not Father, you're Mother. All right, I'm just waking you up. I saw, you. I saw it right there, man. It's all good. It's all good. You know what? Sophie was yawning before I ever preached. She was yawning during your music. I'm just saying. It's all right. It's, you don't take it personal when they're doing that. But you love your kids, right? If your kids need something and you can provide it for them, would you mess with them? Tiny's going, yeah, she'd mess with us. But would you, would you provide for them if you had the ability? Without a question of a doubt, man. Without a, and you're a sinful parent. I'm, I'm just saying, in Scripture, that's what he says. If a child asks for an egg, would you give them a scorpion just because you think that's funny to do? Some of you teenagers, that's why you're not supposed to be parents yet, because you would do that. But, but as a parent, a loving parent, they ask for an egg, dude. You're giving them an egg. You're not going to give them a scorpion where they're going to get hurt. And he says, if you as sinful parents would do that, imagine how much your heavenly Father will give you the Holy Spirit if you ask. <laughs> Man. The Holy Spirit, what did he say in Acts 1.8? He says, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you will receive power. But listen what the power is for. To be a witness. Here, there, and everywhere. You're going to see power to be a witness. You know what that means? Eric, you know what that means? That means when you jump on a big wave and you get tumbled and you land square on your head. <clears throat> Bogo stick with your head, which you did, right? And your neck hurts. <laughs> You know what? Who's going to give you the power to make it through that? Who's giving you the power to get back in? Who's giving you the power to not be a jerk every day? Yeah. Why are you elbowing him? No, I'm just saying, no. Who's going to give you the power to, to, to make it through and heal until, you know, and watch all these good waves go by and not be able to surf? God. And who's going to give you the power to surf again? Again. What I'm saying, power to be a witness, you know what a witness is? A witness is somebody that tells 
people what's going on, what they've experienced, what they've, what they've had happen in their life. If you, any of y'all ever been a witness in court? Okay, good, yeah. And uh, you know what? I was a witness one time, and the lawyer started asking me questions. I didn't like his questions. He was asking two plain of questions that could be taken so many ways, so I started actually asking him questions. I was like, no, now you need to specify because that can be taken a number of ways. And, and, and as I started becoming a lawyer on the witness stand, what did the judge do? Yeah, he pretty much told me, I'm not the lawyer, just answer his question. And I said, I don't know. <laughs> He's like, well, you? And I said, no, I'm not answering the question the way you asked it. Ask it properly and I'll answer it. But the fact is, is a witness just simply testifies to what they've experienced, Right? A lawyer has to present a case. We're not called to be lawyers. We're called to be witnesses. So he says he's going to give us the Holy Spirit that will give us power to be a witness. That means whatever situation we have in life right now. Who gave it to us? God, even if you were a knucklehead and getting there. And God is going to use it, make beauty out of ashes. God will tell you what to do and He will give you power so that when it's all said and done, JT... When it's all said and done, because you know what, even in your story, when it went, your, your, your numbers went up to 8,000, right? You know, I'm being a little facetious, but it could have been. And the doctor says, now when are we going to do it my way? And you're like, nope. I, I would, I, I, if I could, I, I wonder how many of y'all were like, you idiot. How many of y'all don't even raise your hand? You don't even raise your hand. Because some of us were like, no, JT, no, because we thought the next one, man, what? But he knew from God. I'm not saying that's the answer for everybody. He prayed. He fasted. He got with God, and that's what God told him to do in this situation. Your situation's different. God may say, no, dude, go get caught up, man. Go get, you know, whatever. You do what God tells you to do, but how are you going to know what God wants you to do? Pray. God told him no. That's why with boldness, he could say no. And God worked this out because who gets the glory now? Yeah, it ain't no doctor. It ain't even you. He tried on his own. I am so glad that he went back to being a hardcore carnivore like me. No, I'm just, no. Because I miss going out to lunch with him, man. But, but yeah. So again, my father in heaven, he's in heaven. He's got all power. He knows what to do. He's able to do it. He's able to provide. So our Father, what's the P word? Our what? Position in heaven. That represents His what? His power. Hallowed be thy name, man. That's praise. When you sit down to pray this prayer and you say, our, I'm not in it alone, Father, He have an intimate relationship with Him intimate that can't be broken. I had the spirit of adoption. It's mine. I'm his forever. Man, you think about that position. It's got to put a smile on your face. And then you think about all the power he has, how he's not going to leave you hanging. He can't leave you hanging. He's got the very best in store for you. Man, you think about that power. How can you do anything else but what? Praise him. That isn't what I wanted to do in this prayer. How many of y'all, that is the last thing I want to do in the prayer. I want to kneel down. I want to cuss God out. Anybody there? Be honest. Have you ever wanted to give God a piece of your mind you couldn't afford to give him? Yeah? You know what? You ever just want to like, God, I just, yeah. That's okay. That comes later. But look how he puts us in position. Look how he puts us in position, man. He's like, first you think of your position with him. Then you think of his power. And once you got that, do you really have any problems? 
Fernanda, if you really get to that third part, do you really have any problems when you think you've got a loving father and he's got all power? Do you understand he could change anything instantly if he chooses to? Anything instantly, he can do it. But if it doesn't get changed, why isn't, getting, isn't it getting changed? He doesn't want it changed. You just make sure he's accomplishing what... That's where we live a lot of times in our prayer. I call them diaper prayers. All you want is something to be changed, except you. But often, man, you think of your position. The sufferings of this life are a little thimble, as we looked at last week, compared to the eternal blessings that aren't even represented by all the water in the ocean. That's what we have because he's our father and because of my position. Art in heaven, dude, nothing's stopping him from changing anything right now. He could shut down everything on this planet. In any, there's nobody that comes close. Satan, people have this idea that him and Satan are in this big battle. Satan is one of his created beings. He's a pipsqueak. To, compared to us, he can kick our tail. But when we're riding on Christ's back, when we're in Christ and we're letting him fight the battles, dude, he's a created being. He's nothing more than a pawn of God. God is in total control of everything, period. Amen? So man, maybe this is where we're going to end today, Terry. <laughs> he almost choked on that drink right there. No. Because <laughs> I really would love for you guys just to take these three pieces and think about them this week. Next week, we can look at the others. And I'll even give you the outline for you type A. People, I can't leave till I get the whole outline. No, but... Our Father represents what? Our what? Position. Who art in heaven? His. Hallowed be thy name. Praise him. And it was so cool because Ashley, we never, she never knows what I'm going to preach. I don't even know what I'm going to preach. I study, I study, I study. But my responsibility is to give you what God tells me to give you. I got a plan. I am prepared as best I can in all of this. But when it comes down to it, i got to preach what God tells me to preach in here because He knows who's going to be here, and it's going to be the Word of God. But it's going to come from Him. We don't coordinate. We did not go into the war room on the whiteboard. You know why? Because we don't have a war room on a whiteboard. we got a white boat. <laughs> that counts. <laughs> we didn't even talk. She, even, she knows where I'm at in Roma. She had no clue. And when I sent it out last night, I didn't even have an outline. I'm like, our Father, which art in heaven, I'll be, you know. and it was just like, pray like this. That's the title. She sent me back that song we just sang. And that whole song is based on the Lord's Prayer. God so often confirms things and does that. And so look at this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed means holy. It means set apart. He ain't like you. He ain't like me. He ain't like anybody else. Hallowed, he's different. He's the best. Chuck, he's almighty. If he's almighty, how much might does he have, Chuck? And if he's got all of it, how much do you have? Absolutely none. As much as, well, I got more might than Ashley. No. She's like, oh, yeah, you push a baby out. No, that's okay. <laughs> no, man. We got no might. He's got it all. He's different. He's holy. He's set apart. He's phenomenal. But it's only by spending time with him in his word and through prayer. That's how he speaks to us. If he tells you stuff in prayer that don't coincide with his word, that is not him speaking. 
It's going to be confirmed in His Word, and you can't even read the Word without praying. You should be reading the Word and praying at the same time and asking God. You know, people say, well, you always say, God told me this. God told me this. Well, how did He tell you that? Well, I'm going to tell you. I'm in the Word, and I read something, and it catches my attention, and I say, what do you want me to do with this? That's what I asked. I said, what do you want me to do with it? That's when he starts flooding me with ideas, flooding me with things that don't go against the Word. He didn't speak to me audibly. I'd be dead if he did. He motivates my heart. He shows me what to do with his Word that he's given me and how to apply it to my life. One interpretation, many applications. We can talk about that again later, but Man, that's when I, if you ever hear me say he speaks to me, it isn't just audibly, it, it's, because, it's in his word. It's through his word and him giving me application. What do I do with this God? If you want to know what to do with his word, do you think he's going to tell you? Or does he think, you think he's just giving it to you to puff up your head with knowledge? So you can be like a Pharisee, but oh, dearest God, and in your prayer you recite all of Ephesians 5 at a marriage conference. I'm just saying, it's like, that's what the people do. No. He wants you to apply it, and he'll show you how to do it. So, man, I Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. I praise him. Have, how many of y'all have ever had God direct you through his word to do something, and it was totally cool? Anyone? Yes! <laughs> That's why we're even having Bible study on Wednesday night. Y'all were like, dude, this is nuts. We're going we're, we're gonna to build this house to be a lighthouse, and God, all the, man... Do you remember how nuts it was? How many nuts things happened? One day we might even, nah, we won't. We have to come to a small group to hear about all those nuts things. But it was what God wanted. Chuck, you're here because of that. They built that. I could point all the way through of all the different things of what God's done. But God gives you crazy ideas. And he wants to do them so supernatural that only he could get blamed. But it comes from an intimate relationship with him, which starts with prayer and the word of God. My Father. So that's my first question to you. Is He your Father? Do you have an intimate relationship with Him? I say, do you have a religion? Because in Matthew chapter 7, the saddest part in the whole, one of the saddest parts in the whole Bible, He's dividing people at the end. And a bunch of church people. You know how I know they're church people? Because they're walking and he say, they're saying, didn't we preach in your name? Didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we do mighty works in your name? Didn't we cast out demons in your name? That isn't the world. That's the church who thinks they're the church. Not the church, but people who think they're the church. Didn't we do all those things in your name? And he says, you might have been doing those things, but I never what? I never gnosked you. We never had an intimate relationship like when he says that Mary didn't know a man until after she was married, after Jesus. That's intimate. That's gnosko. I didn't have an intimate relationship with you. You might have been doing all these things in my name, but you and I never had an intimate relationship. Be gone, and he calls them workers of lawlessness. So even though they were doing right things, they were lawless because he never asked them to do them. He never empowered them to do it. He, and they were misleading people, actually. And they're gone. So what it comes down to, has there ever been a time in your life where you realize, man, I'm a sinner. Dude, I am born in Adam. As my dog barks, I'm a sinner and I sin. That's just all I got in me. I could do some good things compared to, but I don't really have a desire to glorify God. I really don't have a desire to love God. I'm not in a, I'm not in a loving relationship with God. I don't love Him. I just don't want to go to hell. I just bought some health, I bought some hell insurance a time back and got baptized and confirmed it all. That was how I paid for it. But man, I'm not in love with God. 
Have you ever been in love with God? That's what he talks about for salvation. You realize what he gives. You're just like, you come in this world with Adam. I'm a sinner, and I have nothing of my own to offer for salvation, nothing but God's giving me a desire and ability to surrender myself to him. If he's given you that ability, go for it. I do this so often. How many of you had the desire and ability and you did it? Raise your hand. How many of you who had your hand up would say it was the worst thing ever? I'm stuck in this eternal thing and I can't ever get out. It was horrible. Would anybody say that? No. How many of y'all wish you'd done it sooner? How many of you, when you did it, you're like, I don't even know what's next. How many of y'all can say right now you don't even know what's next except heaven? That's the cool thing about faith because we know who's in charge of what's next, right? That's the awesome thing. But the point is at some point in time, if you've got the desire, God's giving you that desire. And you, you don't know, do y'all know when this rain started? Some of y'all, that's what you've been watching, right? Do y'all know when it's going to leave? Well, I know what time they say, but you know when it's going to leave? No, he's, in fact, at Nicodemus, he said, the Spirit of God giving you that grace, that desire is like the wind. You don't know when it's coming. You don't know when it's leaving, but you know when it's there. And if it's there in your life right now, that's God. Don't presume upon it. Surrender everything you know about yourself to everything you know about him. He'll take care of the rest, I guarantee it. If he can do that for me, I mean, look, look what he got to work with, all right? I'm just saying, if he can do that for me, he can definitely do that for you. Surrender it to him so you can say, my father. So you can have that position and be confident in that position. Be be encouraged by that position. So you can find joy in that position and know that you're not in this alone. He's going to use others to help, to help you grow. Man, when we first started this church, they had some different papers, kind of, you know, religious paper. What are you guys doing? Because they knew me from before, and they're like, are you having a nervous breakdown? What are you? No, I'm, I'm, done with, I'm done with corporate church. I don't even want to, but God says we're going to plant a church. And they were asking, what are you doing? What are you? And I said, we're just helping each other see life from God's perspective. That's why you see that. It's on the back, right? We're just helping each other see life from God's perspective. That's it. And it's stuck. And what a good thing. That's what the value is in us being together is we can help each other see life from God's perspective because some days you're not seeing it that way. And neither am I. That's what the R is for, our Father. What's the P word for that? Which art in heaven. The God, the God that knows everything, the God that can do anything, and the God that's everywhere has power. Hallowed be your name. Is what? Yeah. If you really think about the first two, can you help but do the third one? You can't help but do the third one. So, man, my prayer is we are ending here today. (laughs) Terry's like, yes, but you're going to end it for 20 minutes. I know how that works. That's like when the Apostle Paul said, and finally, my brethren. No, 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 we're we're done. But what I want to encourage you guys to do, if you're not saved, get saved, man. You know what you need to be saved from? You need to be saved from God's wrath. That's what you got to be saved from. Sin deserves God's wrath, and God's going to punish his sin with wrath. You need to be saved from God. So God came and became the Savior to allow you to be saved from his wrath. And if you believe that, do it. I can't talk you into it. I wouldn't want to talk you into it, because anything I talk you into, the devil can talk you out of. But you do it if God's putting that on your heart. But if you know you're saved, 
Take these three points of this prayer, and as often as you think, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Not in vain repetition, but think about all of those points. Next week, we'll do the next part. I believe. That's my plan. But we're going to go with the Holy Spirit's plan. But I know this is what y'all are supposed to hear today. Let's bow for prayer. Father, I'm coming to you in the name of Jesus because of the sacrifice that Christ performed on the cross. I don't have to swing incense representing the prayers of the people, hoping you would accept it and let me in. I can't just do it once a year. I can come to you all the time. What a privilege that is to be able to come to you all the time, anytime, because Lord, you know I need you. What a privilege it is to come boldly, not even timidly, and kind of knock on the door. Father, I can just walk right in and come to the throne because you're never too busy for me. You're not busy taking care of somebody else. You're the God that has all power, that can do anything, and that is everywhere and knows everything, and you can handle all of us coming to you at the same time. What a privilege that is. And I pray, Father, that we would see what a privilege our position is and being able to do that. Father, I pray no matter what the needs, Father, I don't ever want to have you as a Santa Claus God where all we do is come and say, oh, I need this, I want this, I have to have this, this is what needs to be fixed, whatever. God, I just want us to know how big you are, how mighty you are, how awesome you are, and know that everything that comes in our life is by your design to cause us to be more like you and you get glory from that. So Father, help us not to pray away things that you have put in our life to bring us closer to you because it's comfortable. But Father, do what it takes to let us know that you're walking right through the middle of it with us. You're empowering us. You're directing us. You're encouraging us. We just need to stay in contact with you. There's nothing too big for you. And everything, even that is going on, that is beyond our knowledge and comprehension in this world, help us not get wrapped up in that and miss the divine appointments we have every day to show people who you are. Help us, Father, to know what's going on and to know that you've got it all under control. And we do with it what you want us to do. Father, when we think about all of that, I think we can do nothing but praise your name. Hallelujah. Glory to God in the highest. Father, in heaven, that's all we'll do is praise you. And it won't be forced praise. We're going to be so blown away every moment. The praise will just be erupting out of us. Because you're so awesome, help us to experience that here now through even this first part of this prayer. My Father, our Father, chart in heaven, hallowed be your name. I pray for these things in Jesus' name.